Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to continue with our search for truth in regard to Jesus' famous and favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God. It's an obvious fact, if one picks up a Bible and simply begins to read it from Matthew, Mark, and Luke onwards, that Jesus was a preacher and herald of the kingdom of God. He was making a public announcement. He invited his audiences, indeed he challenged his audiences, to respond to his message. Jesus came with an idea, a concept, and he urged belief in that concept. That concept was summarized under the famous phrase, kingdom of God. It must be obvious that we can make very little progress in our search for the truth as Jesus taught it, unless we give some clear definition to that basic concept of his, the kingdom of God. It's surprising that more attention is not paid to Jesus' famous phrase, because after all, Jesus was the preacher of the gospel, the saving message. And so if we're interested in salvation, in our own immortality, in living forever, then it follows that we must be interested in Jesus' famous phrase, the kingdom of God. We may safely say, without fear of contradiction, that the genius of Christianity, of the whole Christian faith, is concentrated in those words, kingdom of God. I must make it clear here that we're not dealing just with so-called academics or profound theological ideas which have no bearing on your life. Understanding what Jesus meant by the kingdom of God is the key to your own immortality, to your own success as a human being, and for the fulfillment of your destiny and the purpose for which God created all of us. What does life mean? Where are we going? What is the end and the goal of human history? Does mankind indeed have a destiny? What is your personal destiny? These are questions which all of us face and must face if we are to tackle the real issue of the meaning of life itself. Jesus, as a good teacher, sets before us the great goal to which we are called as human beings, and that goal is to find a place not in heaven, as so popularly said, but in the kingdom of God to be established when Jesus comes back. Unfortunately, we have corrupted the language of the New Testament. We've altered the terms by which Jesus laid out salvation and immortality. Jesus never said, seek first to go to heaven when you die. Rather, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all the daily necessities of life will be supplied to you. How exceptionally important is that basic and primary statement of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God, he said in Matthew 6, verse 33. Make the kingdom of God the object of your struggle in the present life. The kingdom of God is set before us in the Bible as the great objective of the Christian faith. The kingdom of God does not mean heaven as a place removed from this earth. Rather, it means the earth renewed and purified and restored at the time of the second coming of Jesus in the future. Blessed are the meek, Jesus said, they're going to inherit the earth. That precious verse is found in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 5. Let's read it again. Blessed are the meek, those who display that Christian quality of meekness and humility, 
they are going to have the earth as their inheritance. And of course that was exactly what the Hebrew prophets had foretold. Indeed, from the time when the gospel was preached to Abraham, as indeed it was, as Paul said in Galatians 3.8, when that gospel had been preached to Abraham, it was the land or the earth that was in question. God promised to give Abraham the land. He promised that Abraham would one day inherit the land or the earth forever. Of course, Abraham never achieved that inheritance. And the whole point of the New Testament is that only in Jesus, by joining the school of thought of Jesus, by being united to Jesus Christ, only under those conditions can any of us come to inherit the earth with Abraham, with Jesus, and that earth is to be the kingdom of God of the future. Nowhere in Scripture was Abraham promised heaven as a reward. Nowhere did Jesus speak of heaven as a reward in the future. Certainly he spoke of treasure being stored up in heaven now. That's to say, our future reward is stored and reserved with the Father in heaven now, but it's going to be revealed and given to us, bestowed on the Christians of all the ages, only when Christ returns from heaven in power and glory to establish that famous kingdom, the kingdom which is indeed the heart of his gospel message. The scheme of salvation laid out by Jesus and reported for us so beautifully in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is essentially simple. It lays before the human race two possible destinies, either to gain a place and to be welcomed into that future kingdom to arrive when Jesus comes back in glory, or at that same time to be destroyed, to be burned up as chaff, to use the words of John the Baptist in his opening preaching message, John the Baptist, as the forerunner of Jesus, introduced us to exactly the same gospel as his far greater successor. Both John and Jesus offered the public a single oracle. Repent, they said, because the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is at hand. The kingdom is coming. Get ready for it. Reorientate your life to a new goal. Do a complete U-turn in your thinking and in your conduct in order to be found worthy of a place in that great kingdom of the future to be established on the earth. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25. Blessed are the meek, they're going to inherit the earth. They're going to inherit the life of the coming age, rather inaccurately translated in our versions as eternal life. Now that life of the future will indeed be eternal. It will last forever. It will be the gift of immortality bestowed on the faithful. But it's more precisely the life which belongs to that future age of the kingdom. That's the simple scheme laid out by Jesus and all of the apostles, indeed all the writers of our New Testament. Jesus, you see, in his great gospel about the kingdom of God, was speaking of the future golden age. We know that the Greek poets, Hesiod and others, had dreamed of a lost golden age and hoped in their poetry that that would one day be restored. Virgil, the Latin poet, sang of a time coming when the world would be delivered from its sufferings. But the Hebrew prophets in whose teachings Jesus had been fully trained, spoke with divine authority of God's great plan 
to establish a golden age upon the earth, to restore the Garden of Eden, to perfect mankind and society in that great kingdom of the future. That's the message that Jesus brought as he warned that the human race is one day going to face judgment. Each of us will face a choice between inclusion in the kingdom of God or exclusion from that great kingdom. That's the destiny placed before us in the Christian gospel as Jesus uttered it in his message about the kingdom of God. The gospel, you see, according to Jesus, is a message of hope. Biblical hope is at the very heart of revealed religion. The biblical idea of the kingdom of God is deeply rooted in the Hebrew Bible and therefore deeply rooted in the teachings of Jesus, who was a Jew and the greatest of all exponents of the message of the Hebrew prophets. When Jesus spoke of the coming of the kingdom in the future and urged his followers to pray, May that day of your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. He was echoing the words of the prophets who had spoken of a day coming when all the problems of human society will be solved. You can read of that great time coming in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 4. All the nations will beat their swords into plowshares. Weapons of warfare will be converted into farm implements. The evils even of the environment will be saved and solved. Peace and safety and security will spread across the globe. Jesus came announcing the near approach of that great and wonderful time coming, and he urged mankind everywhere to prepare with all urgency so that they might be guaranteed a place in that future era of the kingdom of God on the earth. Let me now give you some of the most fundamental and basic biblical verses which underlie Jesus' message or gospel about the kingdom of God. These are verses which can inspire you with hope for a bright future coming on the earth and your hope indeed of taking part in that wonderful future which God has prepared for those who love him and serve him fully during the present time. I'll start with the most famous verse in Daniel, chapter 2, and verse 44. You remember, of course, that Daniel was the young prophet who was taken into exile at the time when Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah and took a great number of the people captive to Babylon. Daniel was the recipient of wonderful visions of God's plan in history, God's plan for the future of our world. And the culminating point of that great plan, of course, in all those marvelous chapters in the book of Daniel, is indeed the kingdom of God to be established on the earth at the coming of Christ in the future. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44, we have this wonderful picture of the kingdom of God of the future. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. It will break in pieces and consume all these previous kingdoms and it shall stand forever. There we have a plain statement of God's intention to replace present evil governmental systems with his own empire. Not a democracy or an aristocracy even, but a theocracy, a government controlled and ordained by God himself, using as his agent the Messiah in company with the saints of all the ages. In Isaiah 16 and verse 5, Another excellent description of the coming kingdom. In mercy shall the throne be established, and the Messiah will sit upon it, 
in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment. Isaiah 16, verse 5. In the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 3, and verse 17, the following is a description of the kingdom of God coming. At that time they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations will be gathered to it, to Jerusalem, for the name of the Lord, nor will they walk any longer according to the stubbornness of their evil heart. Jeremiah 3 and verse 17. There you see the kingdom of God is closely associated with Jerusalem as it will be renewed in that time of the future government of God on the earth. And in Daniel 7, verse 27, we read the following. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. Their kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions will obey and serve them. Daniel 7 and verse 27. With that background information about the kingdom of God, it is possible for us to respond with intelligence to Jesus' first command, repent and believe in the good news about the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. We invite you to request from us a free book on the kingdom of God, describing in much greater detail than has been possible for us in this brief period of time, the essence of the kingdom of God gospel as Jesus preached it. We invite you to check our findings carefully in the Bible, and join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.